1: Very pleased to have joining us once again on the show, Shoshana Weissman from our friends at R Street Institute. It was great to connect uh, with our friends out there in Washington D.C. last week. And Shoshana, uh, we're, we're going to get back to business as usual today. We're going to talk about some things relating to privacy issues uh, and everything happening on the interwebs as it relates to to healthcare. Tell us some of the things that uh, that you're watching.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Um there's this interesting story about how, especially during the pandemic, with everyone shifting their medical care online, that now there's concerns about privacy. Um like and I've known about this. There's a um a menstruation tracking app uh that, that uh that has been around for years and it's had some big data leaks already. And I know that there's you know, it's an ongoing problem just like it is with, with any kind of app. But especially with mental health, there tends to be a bigger stigma. So there's real concern that, you know, if there's data leaks, that stuff can be used against people. Um, you know, I have mental illness in my family, so I know that it's it's a hard thing, just like any kind of disease. Um, and there's real concern that, you know, people could, um, that the stigma could be worse, that people who don't want stuff out there about themselves uh, medically in, in any way might have to deal with this. But it, you really do have to kind of wonder uh nefarious ways it could be used especially as it relates to mental health so now um people are kind of thinking through that and figuring out what needs to be done there
1: yeah and I, I think that's uh, so interesting because you do uh, see sadly in the world that we live in uh, people weaponize you know every little piece of data that uh, they can get their hands on and you could see how that could be used in a political campaign you could see how it could be used in you know a background check for a firearm there i mean there's all these kinds of things that i think could be yeah. included in that uh, and so, w- how do we go about this in the right way, as it relates to both privacy and protection? Uh, I think that's the balance you got to find.
2: Definitely. So, our street uh, advocates for national privacy law, and it's it's for stuff like this, just to make sure that if even if data is leaked, that people know about it. Um, to try to shore up and make sure that, that people who have data are using it responsibly. Are um, because. Data is kind of a weird thing because it can be owned by multiple people just in the similar way that like everyone can know facts about something. Data is the facts about people or information about people. Um, so it's not like you can just own the data and no one else can ever have it. Lots of people can get data about you in all different kinds of ways, um, through all different mediums. Um, so we do need a national privacy law, uh, to, to fix this stuff. And a lot of these, uh, these mental health apps don't even have privacy policies. Um, So they're really starting from scratch. And I think it's a legitimate thing for lawmakers to look at, not to you know, put on a huge burden, but just so people will know how their data is being used. And part of that will provide an incentive for these apps to be out there and say, hey, here's how we use your data. Here's what we do and don't collect. So here's what you do and don't have to worry about.
1: Yeah, so as you look at that from a, a national perspective uh, of course we always say okay how's this how's this going to play out is this going to turn into a big regulatory burden or is this but uh, well, we know the government hasn't been especially successful in protecting data privacy or or using that and weaponizing it to target uh, people what's the what's the approach in terms of that national privacy policy
2: so there's a lot of different sides to this and one you brought up is actually personally my favorite point um, Senator Ron Wyden has been working on a bill. To stop uh, government from buying data to come around the third-party doctrine. That's a lot of big words, but all that means is third-party doctrine basically says, "Hey, um, even um, even if a third party has access to data, that doesn't necessarily mean that um, that the third that it's only the third party's uh, uh, view of the data. So the the data where it comes from, like the people who it comes from, still have an interest. Now, third-party doctrine is kind of strange because it kind of opens up. Uh, potential for, um, to consider that people don't have an interest in their own data, which is silly. And it, there's some real Fourth Amendment concerns. So, uh, Wyden's bill would shore that up and say, look, people have an interest in privacy for their own data. Even if someone else has it, it's still, they still have an interest in that data. So making sure that government can't buy that data to get around Fourth Amendment concerns, I think is a really smart thing. So we need to do some more of that. And for companies also, so much it's going to be mandatory disclosure, you know, when there's a data breach, making sure that people are alerted on time and, um, and that it doesn't get swept under the, under the rug. But so some of it's around transparency, others around um, figuring out what the government can and can't do. And then some of it we'll get into, you know, what companies can and can't do with data, um, what they need to tell people about what they're doing with data, but not disclosing it in a way that it's so burdensome that the disclosure becomes something that people are going to write away. Like, you know, when you click accept on terms of service, like, I doubt you're reading it. None of us have read <laughs> it. And if you That's have... Right. You're like the one
0: person who's read it. <laughs>
1: That's right. You may be the only person on the, on the entire planet who's read that uh, before they actually click the box. I want to shift now, Shoshana, to uh, kind of the consumer rights component to this. Uh, and you've mentioned this in some of, of your tweets and some of your writing. Uh, that, uh, you know, there's, there's, there can be great benefit to the consumer to be able to, to Google something or to do some, you know, deep dive search in, in terms of a particular ailment or condition that they're faced with, uh, often augmenting what they've been giving or sometimes revolutionizing what they've been given from, traditional medical professionals how do we get to that balance point
2: yeah it's a really interesting area because as information becomes more widespread and more people know more things there becomes concerns you know what's giving medical advice what what's posing as a doctor versus what's saying hey i have this disease too maybe we can talk through it so that's become kind of a concern with these apps too and i'm always worried about restricting it because um, personally, I have seven autoimmune diseases. The number keeps growing. So if you've heard me say five, I keep getting five <laughs> with more, but, um, the way I found out some of these is through, through Google. Um, I was getting sick all the time and it, it didn't match with any of my the diseases I knew I had. So I looked it up and they said, Hey, if you're sick all the time and have endometriosis on a forum, they posted like you might have fibromyalgia. Um, so I looked into it, it totally matched. And I went to a rheumatologist. And he was like, yeah, you have this. And I've been on medication that really controls it ever since. Mm. Um, you know, I don't get sick all the time like I used to. Um, and that I would have never had the diagnosis if not for him. I'd already been to like 20 doctors yeah. and they all missed it. So for, for an online forum to be able to provide me with that is so important. So even with apps, I understand wanting to be careful that it doesn't go too far into like um, diagnostics and, um, and and real like doctor stuff. But I also don't want people to miss out on free information. Um, I mean, even 20 years ago, a lot of people didn't believe fibromyalgia was a real disease. Mm-hmm. Um, people thought it was like a women's thing. Like, oh, this woman's tired or she's not feeling great. She's just being a woman. But it, it's a real disease and men get it too. Um, I mean, even think about the government itself. Like they told us to have lots of carbs. That's what the last food pyramid was. Like just <laughs> eat all the carbs. So information always evolving and it's important to be able to have um, a lot of information out there. But I also understand, you know, interest in saying, hey, don't diagnose and prescribe someone that that's a little too far. Yeah. But I think stuff before that, we have to think, you know, let's tell our stories. Let's talk to people about, about what we've been through. And even if it's saying, hey, go to your doctor and maybe talk to them about this. You know, Dr. Google isn't always an evil.
1: <laughs> uh, fantastic. And the final question for you, Shoshana, uh, as you look ahead uh, in terms of either a national privacy or some of those kinds of things, what, what's on the horizon? Anything happening in the next little bit or is this going to be uh, down the road and past the midterms?
2: It's always hard to say, but there is some real interest here from tech CEOs, from Congress itself. Senator Wyden is always a big driver here. And, and, you know, other members of Congress too. It's kind of a bipartisan interest. So while we always talk about content moderation in politics these days, I think privacy is something that's really more actionable, um, that we have to get right. It's not an easy thing that we can just, you know, write a bill and get it done. But the interest is definitely increasing. Even, uh, papers from the Wall Street Journal to others have all been kind of like, Hey, it seems like the interest is gaining here. Lots of think tanks are interested. So. Whether this year, next, or the year after, I wouldn't be surprised if you see something that's a little bit more collaborative and serious. And it's cool to see momentum building around something constructive.
1: Yeah, fantastic. So, Shauna Weissman from R Street Institute, always appreciate your insight. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. So this is one of those topics that I think is, is so vital for us to make sure we get the right balance there, to make sure that if you're going on to, to sites, if you're doing some of this telehealth, to make sure that your data is safe and secure, that it's not being shared or it's not being leaked or targeted. Uh, that's just an important one. And, and, yes, you have to have the balance there in terms of what's, what's doing protection, uh, what's what's just good policy there, and what is be, would be coming uh, over burdensome to businesses to be able to get into that space. So a lot of conversations that we need to have in that one. Always pre- appreciate Shoshana Weissman helping us uh, navigate our way through some of these very complicated issues uh, as it relates to your data, to your privacy, to your health. We're going to step aside for some quick commercial break. Coming back, uh, we'll talk about the war in Ukraine. Often when we talk about Russia and the outcome of the war in Ukraine, we talk about their natural resources, oil and gas. Are we missing the real challenge for Russia, human resources, human capital? We're going to break that down. Coming up next. Don't miss it.
2: A gun in the face.
1: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me.